0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Long Shot. Charlotte, I would like to endorse you to be the next president of the United States. Oh my God. You've been a great secretary of state. Which state again? All
1: of them?
2: No, no. Is the
0: secretary of state
2: looking at us? I kind of know her. It's like kind of knowing a mermaid. Do you tell people that? She probably doesn't remember who I am. Secretary Field would like to speak with you. With me?
1: I can't shake this feeling that
2: we know each other. We do. We do? Picture me, I guess, maybe like 20 years younger, but like this.
0: Flarsky? Yeah. What are you doing these days?
2: I'm a journalist. You're a great writer. But
0: sometimes you're a little too much. I don't think I am too much. I actually think I am the perfect right portion. It's really nice to see you again.
1: Okay. <laughs> Crack it down! I'm OK. Did boys you men just call me a cracker? What?
2: What is the relationship exactly? I used to babysit for him. You babysat for him?
0: Wow, time has not been kind. I need some writers to punch up my speeches. Fred's writing is really good, and he knows me. Oh, I feel so scared.
2: In order to write better for you, I should kind of get to know you better if you have a minute.
1: I actually have seven. Seven minutes in heaven. What is your favorite the book as a kid? The Velveteen Rabbit. Your favorite song? Must Have Been Loved by Roxette. Most embarrassing moment? I don't embarrass that easily. I don't either, really. What's your favorite sexual position? Normal, front facing. <laughs> oh normal. God. What kind of question That's is that? All it took. Look at you. What's your favorite sexual position? Don't be gross, Frank. Do you like date? I mean, who wants to follow me around the world and hope I have five minutes to be affectionate? Yeah. We did almost just die. We actually did almost die. We need to move you.
0: Thank you, Agent M.
1: It's pretty woman, but she's Richard Gere and you're Julia Roberts.
2: Honestly, this has been the best few weeks of my entire life.
0: We asked a thousand constituents how they would feel if Kate Middleton say where
2: you're going with
0: this. Were to start dating Danny DeVito. Pretty negative reaction.
2: Last time you got high was at a swing doctors concert.
1: We had a situation. Huh?
0: I'm in so much trouble. What's happened? Are they That's out of a-
1: water? Wow, <laughs> oh, he's so bendy, huh? <gasps>
0: All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Long Shot, and the story is as follows. Fred Flarsky is a gifted and free-spirited journalist who has a knack for getting into trouble. Charlotte Field is one of the most influential women in the world, a smart, sophisticated, and accomplished politician. When Fred unexpectedly runs into Charlotte, he soon realizes that she was his former babysitter and childhood crush. When Charlotte decides to make a run for the presidency, she impulsively hires Fred as her speaker writer, much to the dismay of her trusted advisors. The film is starring Seth Rogen, Charlize Theron, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Andy Serkis, June Diane Raphael, Bob Odenkirk, and Alexander Skarsgård. It is directed by Jonathan Levine, and it is written by Dan Sterling and Liz Hanna. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Josh Parham. Hello, hello. And Dan Bayer. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What's oh, boy? <laughs> why, why does it have to be old Oh, boy. That's what they
1: say in the movie when they... It's a line in the movie, remember?
0: I don't know. I feel like that gets said
1: in everything. (laughs) (laughs) Not in this context. (laughs) Okay,
0: okay. That's fair. That's fair. So we're getting, I guess, the uh, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg 2019 version of Pretty Woman with this movie to a certain degree, only the gender roles are completely flopped, and... The title, in my opinion, the title lives up to itself in that it is the most long shot of long shots, maybe in the history of long shots, in terms of these two characters ending up together. So much so that the film is in no way, shape, or form what I would consider a realistic movie. It's definitely a movie that's like kind of drenched in idealism and is almost presented in some ways as a fantasy, I feel like. But I want to get uh, your interpretations before we go any further here. Uh, Josh Parham, why don't we start off with you? What did you think of this new comedy film, Long Shot?
2: Uh, well, I think overall it's a solid movie. I'm kind of in the middle on it, leaning a little bit positive. Uh, I do think that there are a lot of really funny moments in it. And I like the chemistry that Seth Rogen and Charlie Theron have. I think they're both pretty good in the film. Um I think ultimately for me, it's a movie that has the potential to say a lot of like really smart observational things about our politics and about just relationships in general. And instead just kind of shoots for the surface in a lot of ways. And ultimately, it it always sort of felt like it was kind of holding back from being a much smarter movie than it could be. So for that, I felt a little bit of resistance to it. But overall, it's not a terrible film. It's just one that I kind of walked away feeling just fine about.
0: Okay, okay. Dan Bear, what about you?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat, actually. Um, I think that Charlize and Seth Rogen have amazing chemistry, which kind of lifts the movie above mm, – how good it actually is otherwise. And I Josh, actually put into words something that I've been trying to articulate since I saw it was that it feels like it's holding back from being a smarter, better movie. Mm -hmm. Um, There, there is a, a version of this movie that is actually a full on political satire. In addition to, being a romantic comedy in that milieu and i would have preferred that movie at almost every turn interesting just because it would have felt more uh, more fully formed like it feels a little half baked and it's Mm. not bad and it's really enjoyable but it's kind of like that almost but not quite
0: yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I get what both of you are saying. Um, I think I definitely lean a little bit more positive than the two of you, and I'm, and I think a large part of that has to do with the chemistry between Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, which I think is both irresistible and undeniable in this movie, which is um, saying something too, considering that they're not what I would consider a ideal match. And the film obviously calls that into its plot point. Uh, They have this like really funny scene where they take these politicians and world leaders and they uh, say, oh, if um, Kate Middleton ended up dating Danny DeVito, this would not do well for her polls (laughs) and her ratings. And it's a very, very similar uh, kind of a comparison here between these two characters. So as I'm watching this movie, I'm saying to myself the entire time, I find this to be incredibly unrealistic, like in terms of the polls, the ratings, and so on and so forth. And once again, when I I realized that the film was not trying to steep itself too far into realism, like you have this overblown Steve Bannon- portrayal by Andy Circus <laughs> that I didn't even know was Andy Circus at first. It took me a little while. Completely
1: unrecognizable.
2: I mean, I could tell that it was somebody in prosthetic makeup, but I didn't know that it was Andy Circus. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it took me a couple of scenes before I realized it was him. And I realized, because um, he has a very identifiable uh, accent when he does like a deep voice, and that's what he was going for here. So um, I-, I-, I felt like a lot of the supporting roles – actually help to also elevate the movie as well. So, like, the entire cast across the board, you know, you have Alexander Skarsgård, who is... Steals the movie, honestly. Like, he's so hilarious. Just even thinking about the scene where he talks about his laugh is oh, making me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you have Andy Circus, like I said, playing a Steve Bannon-type character. And you have Bob Odenkirk, who's clearly supposed to be, like, the President Trump of this movie. And it's it, it gets to a point where you realize that uh, Evan Goldberg and Seth rogan they want to take their brand of you know raunchy humor and they want to apply it to a very serious real world situation and it's like they tried to have the best of both worlds right they are trying to push their political agenda and i can i I, listen i'm i'm okay with listening to people who want to argue that it's maybe pushed a little too hard i mean Seth Rogen has that scene where he's talking to O'Shea Jackson Jr. And he basically tells uh, his character like straight up if you're a Republican I fucking hate you. <laughs> like, uh, there's something to be said for the fact that I think Seth Rogen is alienating probably a, uh, a pretty substantial chunk of his fan base for those that go see this movie and you know are Republican. Uh, I'm sure he's not doing himself favors in that regard and I think there's a, a degree of brave, bravery in that uh, sense. But like I was get like getting back to what I was saying before about F, uh, Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, it, it just seems like their brand of humor and what they have typically done before for the comedy genre, I feel like they needed to go full satire almost like they did with, um, what was that movie that he did with James Franco? I, I can't remember the name of it. The Interview. Yeah, The Interview. And instead here, they were trying to, I think, you know, like I said, strike a balance, And there are times where the balance works and it's due to the cast members. But the times where it doesn't work is when you have these overblown performances with overblown uh, pontificating speeches about how liberals are great, Republicans are bad. And I'm a liberal, but I'm just saying though that it just seemed too on the nose and maybe too forced at times.
2: Well, and I also think that their comedy stylings tend to undercut what could be a really poignant and interesting commentary about politics right and I I think that to me is the bigger problem is that even when there are funny moments in it it feels like it comes at the cost of diving deeper into a really kind of more interesting political commentary that they could be making and that's sort of the frustrating thing that I had while watching it is that it's like oh you you could have gone for the jugular but instead you kind of pulled your punch a little bit just to make you know another drug related joke and it's like it's funny in the moment but it's, you know it's like the movie doesn't have the confidence to really go for it in a really significant
1: way yeah and i mean this was this was never going to be in the loop you know it was never going to be yeah. like that armando inucci level of satire but i think about you know um The American President or Dave, which are similar ish movies that take place in this Washington, D.C. political world. And there are all these three movies are very different and have very different aims to it. And this one is aiming to be more of a raunchy romantic comedy thing. But those films had a clearer view on politics and what the film those films views on politics were and this one it 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 does it just doesn't quite get there like it sets up all these pins with you know the Bob Odenkirk's character being a tv actor who just wants to go back to making movies and um with the with uh, Seth Rogen and O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s character is the he's, you know, a Republican businessman thing. Right. And it, it just doesn't quite knock him down.
0: I got to ask this question now. Is there something to be said for intentionally dumbing these aspects down so that they can – try to win the minds of Republican viewers who love Seth Rogen's comedy and are going for that reason and then they realize what kind of a movie
1: they're actually watching? I mean, I have to say that I think that scene with O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Seth Rogen is one of the best in the movie. Um, I think that they that is the closest it gets to having an actual thesis statement on what, it thinks about politics and I think it's really well written and well performed, but there's so much else that it could have done with, uh, Charlize's character and the situation that she finds herself in. I, I keep thinking of that scene where she is negotiating a hostage situation while rolling on Molly. (laughs) And it's funny. It's, really funny, but there was the opportunity to do something more with that scene. I mean, she's negotiating with a foreign power dictator-ish thing. And there was... (sighs) No one even seems to notice, really, that she's doing this while high and there are no repercussions. Yeah, Yeah, this is
0: where I was saying before, the film tends to skirt realism in order to, you know, have these funny scenes play out. Because otherwise, if you didn't do this brand of humor that uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg uh, bring to their projects, then you would have something like in the loop instead. And that's not what they're obviously going for.
1: And I really, and it's not what they're going for. And I don't want to hold that against the movie, but they could have done it so easily. And I feel like they... it,
0: Like it's a missed opportunity.
1: Yeah, it's a total missed opportunity. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And like, I mean, you have fucking Charlize Theron who is one of the greatest actresses we have living today.
0: Oh my God, she can do no wrong. My she can Lord. do no wrong.
1: <laughs> I, I honestly like question every day whether we actually deserve her because she's just so amazing. I'll, I'll say
0: this. This movie uh, single-handedly for, uh, helped me to forgive her for Gringo. Which I, yeah, was another comedy like film that she did last year that I just oh no, I that was like one of my least favorite movies last year. But I tell you, when you look at like her body of work over this last decade, you know, going from sci fi, uh, you know, films like Prometheus, Mad Max Fury Road, Snow White and the Huntsman to Tully or, um, Uh, What was it called? The uh, Atomic Blonde, where she's an action heroine, you know, and now with something like this, where she's in a straight-up romantic comedy. I mean, she's had such a varied career in terms of the different types of roles that she continues to take on that you stick her in any genre, she's going to try her best to make it work as much as humanly possible. And nine times out of ten, she ends up being the best part about the movie.
2: True. Absolutely. Like, she is really good in this film and probably like the single highlight of it for me i, I think that i like both her and seth rogan i think they're actually both pretty good in the film and i like their chemistry but she is really good in in selling this material oftentimes that i i kind of feel like isn't even deserving of her in many scenes and it's amazing kind of how well she's able to elevate everything that she's given to make it even better than it probably actually is on the page.
0: And I'm also going to just say this for Seth Rogan because one thing that I kept coming back to in regards to their chemistry together and how I did did definitely get the sense that Charlize Theron was walking away with this movie from him <laughs> all, almost every single scene. Uh, something I kept coming back to was peop, men, men that are listening to this right now never underestimate the ability to make women laugh. Never underestimate it because <laughs> I tell you, they have that funny moment where uh, she she's absolutely drop dead. One of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And she, this might be the most stunning I think I've ever seen her in a movie before. And Seth Rogen is Seth Rogen. And I, I love how they have that one line where they say, oh, time has not been kind to him at all because <laughs> they're supposed to be like three years age difference. And she's like three years, you know, three years older than him. Uh, I I find it really, really funny, and also too uh, somewhat believable that even though they are just totally like from a, uh, and I feel bad because I don't want to trash Seth Rogan, but just from like a look standpoint, they're like totally incompatible. Yet personality wise and how much the film goes to lengths to show that not only does he have the ability to make her laugh, but he understands her um, as a human being because he has that connection to her past. I I think that there is actually a tender and sweet emotional center to all of that um, that sometimes does get bogged down, like we're like we're saying before, by the hammy politics and the raunchy. Drug fueled Seth Rogen humor at times, although I gotta say that scene where they're tripping on the Molly is absolutely <laughs> hysterically funny, especially from Charlize.
1: <laughs> it it really is. It really is, and I, I have to give the movie you know credit because the concept of man falls in love with a woman who used to be his babysitter could go very creepy and wrong. And it never does.
0: No, it's also like one of those things, too, where um, he d- like he doesn't view it that way at first at all. Yeah. He just views her as a, a, as a woman of power and how he's just impressed by her, you know, seeing everything that she has accomplished. And, you know, you have o- O'Shea Jackson Jr. who's kind of like pushing him towards her and such mm-hmm. based on a, a story that he once told him about, <laughs> you know, a night together involving a boner. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the, you know, it, it, it's interesting how I felt like how the one thing that would have sank this movie for me was if the chemistry between the two of them did not develop organically. If it didn't develop organically and it didn't feel like it was actually, um, you know, earning that sweet emotional center as opposed to, oh, the script is calling for them to fall in love. We're going to just, you know, show that and make that happen. You know what I mean? yeah uh, In a very artificial and superficial way then I think the whole film would have failed completely.
2: Yeah. The film kind of lives or dies based on whether or not you believe the, the relationship between the two of them. And I, I did, I thought that they had a really nice kind of, like I said, like a nice chemistry with each other. And I found the development to be pretty organic. I think it's just unfortunate that that is laid on top of a political story going on that, kind of distracts from it a little bit and it would be nice if that distraction was also saying something interesting but it doesn't really do that so it's like you kind of get this sweet relationship but it's inside this other story that just really wasn't all that interesting to me
0: I mean to illustrate that even further along the ending of the film I really felt like they wrote themselves into a corner At a certain point. Yeah. And I thought to myself, how in God's name are they going to either make it so that these two don't end up together and it actually is a very poignant ending or they end up together and we get the happy feel good pop song over the credits ending. (laughs) And so (laughs) I remember like as I was watching and just thinking to myself. They're gonna they're definitely gonna go the they're gonna end up together route, aren't they? And when I realized how they were going to get there, I just kinda threw my hands up in the air and said, There's absolutely no way in this world, in this age of media, there is no freaking way that this actually <laughs> happens. No way. Ever. Or <laughs> like, or if it does,
2: <laughs> then that then that also creates a new set of like issues for them to deal with, which could be also really interesting for them to explore but it doesn't ever do that it just like fast forwards to the end of the movie and it's like wait you there's more stuff that you can make fun of and and have a lot of like pointed commentary on but it's like that's too interesting for the movie to really dive into
0: also yeah. too like on top of that i i do like the commentary um it actually reminded me a bit of sausage party to a certain extent where in that film you know seth rogen was trying to make this <laughs> This poignant statement about religion and sex and, you know, just these things that conservatives just find to be icky and they don't want to touch and, you know, it just destroys, like, their moral values and so on and so forth. And in this film, uh, they use the concept of (laughs) – they use masturbation uh, to, like, kind of (laughs) – Like, it's just so ridiculous to me. Like, it's hard for me to even, like, describe with also without giving spoilers. But it's one of those things where uh, Seth Rogen is doing his brand of humor where it's like, listen, people smoke weed and people masturbate. There's something totally okay with that. (laughs) You know, and it's like that was my best Seth Rogen impression. Um, (laughs) It's pretty good. You know, and I I think that it's I think that it's um, silly, trivial and completely sometimes irrelevant how much the media will seek to destroy somebody's reputation based upon things that are considered quite natural. Uh, With that said, the message is there. I just wish the execution was better.
1: Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. It, they present, you know, these things that could make for really interesting, fascinating political commentary for satire, um and just sort of are content to go with the lowest common denominator joke about it and it, in in any sort of real world this this would blow up into something larger and i think it would have been like it still would have fit in the world of the movie for it to blow up into something larger and it would have been fun and interesting to see these characters how do they deal with that you know i mean and you have you have Charlize who's great. You have June Diane Raphael who is hysterical. Oh, she's great. And yeah. I I love her, you know, in everything and she she's great in this, but like I wouldn't you have loved to see that character deal with the fallout from this, you know. Oh, yeah. And and not that the movie necessarily needed to be longer, I almost think it's too long as it is. Yeah. But like if <laughs> You could have gone there.
0: You know, that brings up the question. Do you think there will be a sequel? No. You don't think they would reunite uh, Charlize and Seth together again and show the continuation of that story?
1: No, I think that they may pair the two of them together again, but in a completely different movie.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I would see
1: that happening, but
2: I don't really think that there's really anything else left to say in this story. And I think especially because their first go around, they didn't really have, like they bypassed all the more interesting below the surface elements. So all the potential there would be, that would be there to continue the story. I just don't think they'd even mine it.
0: Mm. All right, Josh, funniest point in the movie for you, either a joke, a scene, just something that really just made you laugh out loud.
2: Oh, um, well, you know what? Everything with the Andy circus character, I did find very appealing and I, And maybe part of it was just because I was also just trying to figure out who it was underneath the makeup. But, (laughs) like, there was that scene at the party, which is right before, um, like, their their dance with uh, the Pretty Woman song. And he, like, goes up to Charlize Theron to give her a kiss. And she's just, like, backing away very subtly. Like, nope, we're not doing that right now. (laughs) I just thought that was, like, a very, like, it's not a big moment. But it's one of those small details that I really like in comedy. And so, like, that scene and most of their interactions I found very funny.
0: Nice, nice. Dan, what about you?
1: I feel like my actual favorite moment in the movie is spoiler territory, so I won't go there.
0: Want to, like, want to try to, uh, you know, zigzag around it or?
1: There is a scene where Seth Rogen is sneaking back to his hotel room from sleeping uh, with Charlize and uh, runs yeah. into
0: <laughs> the security guard. Oh, no, 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 no. That's no, security it's, guard. yeah. yeah, yeah I know character. what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> um, I, I, there's I- a woman in there. <laughs> <laughs> I died at that. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> that entire scene. I was just like laughing all the way through.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
1: but other than that, everything with Alexandra Skarsgård's character.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I think the Alexander Skarsgård Scott- laugh was maybe laugh.
1: <laughs> like I, I think he's probably going to end up being on my best supporting actor nominee list by the end of the year. I think he's hilarious.
0: Yeah, he was really funny in this uh, and his scenes were all too brief even though the accent just kept coming and going at times to me it felt like it didn't matter. It yeah. was it was too too funny. Uh for me my favorite is <laughs> my favorite is Seth Rogen's reveal about what he does about an unwanted tattoo. Yes. <laughs> ah! Because I I was trying to figure out like in the very beginning, I couldn't believe that he was actually going through with getting the tattoo at first. And I thought to myself, wow, they're really trying to paint him as this, you know, uh, as a journalist who will really go to any lengths to get the information that he wants. And I was digging that. Then they have like the unrealistic moments where it's like, "Okay, he should be dead. (laughs) <laughs> after he fell and hit hit his body like on this car and stuff. It, it's completely crazy. Yeah. But it, it's played out for laughs and it works pretty well. But then I started re- thinking to myself, he's got like half of this swastika tattoo on his arm that's completely incomplete. And what is he going to do to resolve it? And so when he shows Charlize Theron what he did with it, I thought that was so both endearing Cute, clever, and just absolutely hysterical. Uh, man, it, it completely worked for me, and it was so on brand for something that Seth Rogen, who admittedly, I feel like uh, Seth Rogen does not ever play a character in a film that veers too far away from who he really is. Uh, and I and I definitely got that sense here. Like to me, it's like Seth Rogen's like the rock of comedy. He's always playing himself and you're going not to see which act, which character Seth Rogan is playing in a movie, but you're going to just see Seth Rogan ultimately. And I, I just like love how they are always just trying to find new and creative ways to work his style and brand of humor into the screenplay and what it calls for. And did I buy that he was this hard journalist who was getting like these stories and being like an outspoken vulgar type? Yes and no, because I mean... I don't know. It just seemed, like I said, a little too
1: on the nose and a little forced at times. As I say, I usually always find him like 85% believable.
0: Yeah. You know what? That's good. (laughs) I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, But I will say that there are certain scenes in this movie where, uh, you know, as I'm like watching him, you know, dive into more mature content over the years. I always get, like, this glimmer, like, this sense that Seth Rogen is just on the cusp. He's, like, so super close for me in delivering a performance that we can all collectively, like, say that is the best Seth Rogen performance he's ever given. And I, I feel like like Steve Jobs maybe came the closest, potentially. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it depends on who you ask, because Observe and Report is definitely a unique character. And, you know, there have been some others that he's done, like, bit roles, but... You know, this was one where I was like, wow, they're really balancing the raunchiness of Seth Rogen, but also, too, with the more tender uh, aspects of Seth Rogen. And it was so close. It was so, so close for me for being a performance that I could say was his best. And, you know, at the end of the day, Charlize Theron just, like I said, to me, Charlize steals the movie completely uh, because she is just so elegant in this and she just has such Charisma, and I, I actually really, really bought her not only as the politician, but also as the uh, sixteen-year-old girl living inside this politician's body who is not living the life that she necessarily wanted to lead. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. They're both good. Uh, I, you know, I wouldn't say they're great, but uh, they're, they're both very, very good. And it really just helps overall with uh, the enjoyable experience of watching a movie that also includes boys to men and, you know, other <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> moments that are just, it's it's fun. It, it's fun, it's light. It doesn't, I, get, I mean, it doesn't offend us because we're not Republican. I, I would love to hear <laughs> what a Republican thinks of this movie. To be honest, I, I, I wonder if they would you know, kind of disregard the humor, I'm sorry, disregard the uh, politics and just enjoy the humor or if they would just outright hate the
1: movie. I, I, I'm very curious to know. I mean, I, I think that that scene with O'Shea Jackson, like really verges on the respectful treatment. Oh, yeah. No, you know? I agree. Like mm-hmm. I, it, it doesn't it lets him say these things and like, look, it's worked for me. It's worked for a lot of people. There's a reason why I believe this stuff. And I get that you don't. But we're still friends.
2: Yeah, the one the one thing about that scene, though, is that, and, and maybe this isn't the movie's fault, maybe this is just me bringing my own stuff to it, is that it does use some, like, coming-out language that Republicans tend yeah. to like to use, and mm. I don't really like that, and mm. I, yeah, sure. I could kind of roll with it if the movie was making more of a pointed commentary about that kind of language, but it really doesn't. It just sort of presents it as, like, hey, this is what this kind of sounds like. And I'm just like not kind of into that, but that might just be me.
1: Okay. I can see that, yeah. All right, fair enough.
0: All right, so with that said, final thoughts, great out of 10, Oscar potential, Josh Parr. let's start off with you.
2: Um, Like I said, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think that there are a lot of good elements to it. I like Charlie Theron and Seth Rogen. I think that their relationship is pretty nice. Um, there are funny bits in it, and... There, there's a lot to enjoy, but I think ultimately the fact that the film never really gets deep in its story and the commentaries that it's really making about politics is what really holds it back for me. And, and ultimately, I, I don't like fully endorse it because of that. It's a solid movie, but it's not a great one. Uh, I give it a 6 out of 10. Uh, very much in the middle, but I do lean towards the positive on it. And I would be kind of shocked if this gets anywhere near the Oscars. Maybe a Golden Globe nomination for Charlize, but I think that's about as far as it's going to get.
0: Okay,
1: Dan? Um, yeah, I pretty much co-sign everything that Josh said. I think any romantic comedy kind of lives or dies by the chemistry of the leads, and the chemistry here between Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen is just fantastic. And for me, that carried through the movie, and of course the fact that they're both really good at this kind of comedy. I mean, people forget a lot that Charlize Theron is an incredible comedian, mm-hmm. and she she really is I was reminded a lot of uh, a million ways to die in the West which is n- even worse of a movie than this but, oh, gosh, that's an abomination. She, <laughs> but but she is like she mixes into that world really well and you wouldn't necessarily think that she would um so it re- anyway reminded me of that in that way and she's fantastic they have great chemistry together it's good but not great but i really enjoyed watching it i just wish it would have been more um i am at a seven of ten plus one for incredible use of rox it must have been love
0: oh thank you i was actually gonna add that in my final thoughts that this film single-handedly made me fall in love all over again with Roxette. Because yes. I used to really dig Roxette. I remember I discovered them playing... I want to say it was Guitar
1: Hero? Oh Maybe something God. else.
0: I don't remember what it was exactly that made me uh, turn on. But I, I know it was the song The Look. And then I saw Pretty Woman. And then I uh, you know, fell in love with that song, of course. And then I... Oh, God. What's the other song they have? Um, hold on. I'm going to get this right. It's... Uh, uh, give me a second. Uh, uh, why can I not remember this? It's... Uh, listen listen to your heart. That's the one. Yes. yes. And I just remember thinking to myself like, oh man, like Rockshead's not a band that I typically, you know, like listen to. Uh, but this movie just made me kind of just bring me back and I was like, oh my God, I love this. I love the use <laughs> of this song. This is great. <laughs> uh, you know, there's no, I don't remember who said this and what skit it was, but there, I think it was an Oscar speech. Yeah, I think it was an Oscar speech and I think it was Will Farrell who said, there's no greater a uh, weapon in a director's arsenal than a well-placed song. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that holds completely true here. Oh, and also, too, another point uh, for the the jacket that Seth Rogen wears in this. I think I think I might actually find that jacket <laughs> and wear it this year for Halloween and go to a party as Seth Rogen, if I can. It <laughs> Just wear the hat, put on the glasses, grow out with the beard a little bit, even though I have a black beard, and wear that jacket. I, I might give it a shot. We'll see what happens because that jacket is freaking awesome. <laughs> And I love that they just rolled with it. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, for me, 7 out of 10. uh, No Oscar potential. I mean, Charlize Theron could be in contention for yet another Golden Globe nomination, potentially. Uh, Like I said before, she has the right mixture of both humor and class that I could see it happening. Uh, she'll definitely be in conversation when we get there, along with countless other contenders, I'm sure. But for now, there's no harm in saying that she's probably uh, in contention for a nomination. With that said, Josh Parham, where can they find you on the Internet?
2: You can
1: find me on Twitter at JR Parham. Dan Bear. You can find me on Twitter at and Dan on film.
0: And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Long Shot here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Player FM, Acast, Castbox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us five stars. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think of the show. We're trying to actually hit a milestone of 200 reviews on there. So when you get a chance, head on over there if you like the show and leave us a rating. Also, too, if you're feeling generous, head on over to Patreon, where for one dollar minimum a month you can get some exclusive podcast content from us thank you once again so much for listening as always and we shall see you all next time